From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The Alaska Department of Health and the Anchorage Health Department have announced the first case of monkeypox in Alaska. The person, an Anchorage resident, did not require hospitalization and is isolated at home. The individual had not traveled but was in close contact with an individual who had recently traveled outside of Alaska. You can read more under the news tab of KINYradio.com. The CDC is warning Americans to take monkeypox seriously. ABC's Jedi Norman reports. Health officials racing to contain a monkeypox outbreak are urging all Americans to take the virus seriously. And while right now most people getting sick have been gay or bisexual men, doctors stress anyone can get it. Two children have already been infected, and the CDC confirming a pregnant woman also contracted the virus. Monkeypox can be passed to a fetus, but this woman's newborn was not infected. On Saturday, Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy signed Senate Bill 131, providing firefighters statewide with expanded workers' compensation disability coverage. The bill signing occurred at the Girdwood Fire Department Station 41. In attendance was bill sponsor Senator Roger Holland and members of the Girdwood Fire Department, Alaska State Firefighters Association, and Alaska Fire Chief Association. SB 131 recognizes the impact and exposure firefighters experience from harmful carcinogenic chemicals. It adds breast cancer to the list of presumptive cancers covered by workers' compensation disability. In addition, the bill increases the workers' compensation for permanent partial impairment and death benefit payments. School is starting soon in Juneau, and it's on August 16th. School District Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss spoke about that while a guest on Action Line. At this time of year, we just get really antsy. We're excited for administrators to come back and then teachers come back and our staff come back and, and then we start to welcome students. And it, it just is a very exciting time. Uh, I think we have a lot of things to look forward to. Um, we're, we're really um, focusing on our, you know, our, at our elementary level in particular, at our primary, we're really focusing in on reading strategies and um, some great training that teachers have been working on in the area of reading achievement and reading instruction um, and, and just all the activities that come. You know, it's, our schools are such a, a community. Meanwhile, Juno schools are set to get a hefty amount of money from the state in school bond debt reimbursements this year, to the tune of $16 million. Weiss said the reimbursement is critical to the district. It is really important, and our facilities, you know, we have had a, a, a long void of school bond uh, reimbursement, and so... Uh, it, it is really significant for us. And, of course, our facilities, unique to, to uh, Juneau and, and places in Alaska, uh, our facilities are owned by the city. Uh, and so we work very, very closely with our city around all faci- major facility um, uh, renovation or construction or um, any of those pieces, up maintenance, upkeep. So those major projects are all done um, in collaboration with the city. We meet regularly with them throughout the year. And Weiss added that most, if not all, work is done in the summer. Our major projects happen uh, during the summer, of course, uh, because that's when we have access to the buildings. Um, Sometimes a project here or there can be done 
uh, during the school year, but mostly those are, we have a pretty concentrated effort uh, usually um, in the summertime. Juno School Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss. The current status of infrastructure and future projects in Alaska were presented to the Juno Chamber Thursday. Ryan Anderson, Commissioner of the Alaska Department of Transportation, was the speaker. Anderson spoke to the federal funding that is coming from the Infrastructure Act. He said the funding was provided for bridges, electric car infrastructure, and carbon reduction programs, like port electrification, was an example. Uh, we keep hearing about that, especially for these ports like Ketchikan, Juneau, uh, Skagway, where there's so much cruise ship traffic. Um, so this, these funds could be used to help with that. Uh, yeah, so we're really looking to leverage all these different funding sources and kind of build this sustainable transportation program and, and make it the most for, for Alaska. Funding for a low-emission ferry was another example. This is where the federal government says, we have a grant program that you can apply for. Uh, July 8th, it came out, and they made $49 million available for folks to apply for this electric or no emissions, this, I guess they call it a low or no emissions uh, ferry. Uh, so <clears throat> how we're addressing that is we're partnering with Southeast Conference. Um, there's a group that's been doing some research and trying to understand from that regional perspective where this would work, where it's feasible, and then we're going to have a proposal um, that we're going we're to go after some of these funds to see what, what's possible there. Um, there's been no decisions made on where that might be yet or, you know, what type of ship might be sought after. I think those are all things that are coming here soon. He said projects that could increase economic vitality are being looked into. This Cascade Point project where we're looking at a terminal facility out at Cascade Point to reduce costs um, in terms of uh, fares and also save people some time in getting to Skagway and Haines. Um, that's another one that would be a cascade or a economic fertility project. And then, and then some of these things where we're planning for the future, um, Juno Douglas North Crossing, um, there's also a, a planning evaluation looking at the South Tongass uh, down by Saxman and a ferry terminal down there. He spoke on the status of highway safety. Right now when it comes to transportation and especially highway safety, um, there's some not great trends going on in the world, uh, at least in the United States. Uh, for Alaska specifically, we've had 37 fatalities so far this year on the highways. Um, that's, that's not a great number for us. Uh, the past two years, we were actually doing pretty good. It may have been because of the pandemic and the road volumes were down, but we are getting back to pre-pandemic levels of fatalities, which is unfortunate. Uh, <clears throat> really, um, also, pedestrian fatalities is a real focus for us right now. He said the state will be leveraging federal funding for highway safety projects in the state and Juneau. Over the next few years, uh, Juneau downtown, reconstruction from Seward Street to Mill Street, uh, Egan Drive, Yindikin, hopefully I said that right, intersection improvements in front of Fred Myers there is a safety project that, that's being worked on. And then Juneau Mendenhall Loop Road, um, Egan Drive to Stephen Richards, and that's the one that's going on right now. Um, that's, you know, adding sidewalks making nice improvements there um, from that perspective. Anderson noted during his remarks that the department is now the largest state agency after the split of the Department of Health earlier this year. The city and borough of Juneau Assembly meets tonight. Mayor Beth Weldon spoke to what will be taken up during the meeting. 
which starts at 7 p.m. in assembly chambers at City Hall. She explained some of the appropriation ordinances up for a vote. Our $35 million bond for City Hall, our $6.6 million bond for Parks and Rec, uh, the appropriation ordinance for $40,000, a survey on removing the sales tax on food, um, uh, $20,000 uh, ordinance uh, to hire a third-party vendor to collect data on short-term rentals, uh, $25,000 appropriating ordinance to publicly oppose the repeal of the mandatory um, real estate price disclosures. A ballot question to repeal the mandatory property sales disclosure in the borough will go to voters. Weldon explained why the city can spend money trying to influence public opinion on the property disclosure issue. I'll just talk about that for a second because that's kind of weird um, to people. So when the referendum to repeal the ordinances was certified, um, they did get their certification so it will be on the ballot. And the intent of the ordinance was to give the accessor more access to market sales information in the interest of having more accurate assessments. And so since this is something that the uh, city wanted, um, with the passage of this ordinance, city officials can then publicly support the merits of the mandatory price disclosure. So if you have anything to say on that, you can certainly chime in this Monday. Weldon also explained the city supports a general obligation bond for a new city hall. Similarly, we're doing a $25,000 appropriation ordinance, and these are both up to $25,000, to publicly support the GEO bond um, for City Hall to um, educate the public on the merits of that case. And a jump in taxi rates could be on the horizon. The only other thing is we do have under new business is a taxi rate change that people might be interested uh, the flag drop rate um, is going to increase from $3.40 to $4, and then instead of $0.22 cent per tenth of a mile, it will go up to $0.25 cents per tenth of a mile. Juno Mayor Beth Weldon. Due to an ongoing staff shortage, CBJ says Diamond Park Fieldhouse will be closed on Mondays and Fridays for the month of August. The track and turf for tots will be open to the public ter- Tuesday through Thursday, from 9 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. Paul Everett and Mary Sink are starting an RWB, Red, White, and Blue, group in Juno. Sink gave a summary of RWB's mission. Okay, Team RWB was founded in 2010, um, and RWB stands for Red, White, and Blue. The mission of Team RWB is to enrich the lives of veterans, and that's the bottom line. So it's a community of veterans and non-veterans alike. And the way we approach enriching veterans' life is by connecting them to their communities. Um, We do that through physical activities and social activities. There are about 2,000 locations or chapters uh, in the United States, as well as some outside the United States, and over 200,000 members in Team RWB today. On Sunday morning, Juno's RWB met for the first time at Bill Overstreet Park and then convened at IGA Heritage Coffee to discuss future ideas. Sink said what's next on their agenda. This Friday, uh, Team RWB will be joining an event at the Juno Public Library downtown. It's an author talk by Stephen Craig, who is the author of All Present and Accounted For. That's the name of the book. It's the story of the USS Coast Guard cutter Jarvis, which in 1972 grounded in Dutch Harbor here in Alaska 
and nearly sink. And he tells the story of the whole response to that and how people were actually rescued from that. Mary Sink of the Red, White, and Blue group in Juneau. Family Day was on Saturday. Ricky Dubois, Prevention Education Specialist at Safe Child Advocacy Center, talked about their Family Day at the park. So the Safe Child Advocacy Center is really focused on creating opportunities in the community to bring their children and families together to spend time engaging in positive, healthy activities. We started off with a Family Day at the Movies in May. So this is our second event, Family Day at the Park, and we're looking to do future events as well. One asked what SAFE's mission is, Dubois had this to say. One of the things we know is there are what's called adverse childhood experiences, which are basically potentially traumatic events that happen in a child's life that kind of maybe make it a little difficult for them to, to grow and develop in a normal and healthy way. They maybe have some challenges. And so one of the balances to adverse childhood experiences is to promote positive childhood experiences, which is bringing people together in the community. The goal for this event was to bring other youth-serving agencies in our community together to provide education about their programs, provide a fun and activity for families to engage in, and so just bringing people together. And explain the importance of family days got a lot of great sponsors, Nugget Alaskan Outfitters and AELMP gave us generous financial donations to put on the event. We have Super Bear IGA donated all the hot dogs and buns for the event. Got the Girl Scouts of Alaska here. We've got Twirly Whirly Cotton Candy. We have uh, Sunny Days Body Art where you can get face painting done. We've got members here from the Ock Bay Preschool, and they're just providing fun activities. We've got a ring toss game going. We've got a duck pond game. And right now we've got a game of red light, green light about to get started. So lots of field games. People are having a good time. Saves Ricky Dubois. That was Erica Lee singing at the Hairball Masker Fur Aid fundraiser for Juno Animal Rescue with Tom Losher playing the piano. The hairball was on Saturday. A silent auction and wine tasting were included. Samantha Blankenship, the executive director of Juno Animal Rescue, summarized the fundraiser's events. This is our approximately 11th silent auction. So we've had them in different capacities over different years. They've gotten bigger and better every year. This is our largest annual fundraiser. We weren't able to hold it in 2021 due to COVID-19. So we're excited to be back and we appreciate the community support has been so wonderful of all of the contributors and the sponsors and of course the people attending tonight. Uh, and all of the money raised tonight goes back to the animals that Juno Animal Rescue serves right here in Juno in our community. Blake and Ship went on to talk about the shelter's current capacity. She says they have received over 100 cats since April and surpassed the total number of cats they received for the entire year of 2021. We have about 55 animals in foster care right now, 55 cats. So we've had a huge outpouring of support. We've had a lot of cats go to foster care, and we appreciate the outpouring of support. We haven't gotten back with all of our foster parents, but we appreciate their support. But we keep seeing the influx of cats, right? So one day we'll, we just got eight cats on Friday, I think. We appreciate the community's support, but we also are still looking for people specifically to adopt. I think we have enough foster applications right now, but right now we're just looking for people that maybe have considered adopting, adding another animal to their little bunch, and now is the time. Blankenship also commented on a service Animal Rescue will bring back this fall. In the fall, we will be offering spaying and neutering services to the public, so stay tuned for that. We'll have announcements as we get more information on the cost for that coming in the next couple months. 
executive director of Juno Animal Rescue, Samantha Blakenship. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.